Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Palette Plug Podcast. Today, I have here Adam Sasser. I should have asked you if that's the correct way yeah, to pronounce correct. your name. Good. All right, well, we're going to leave that in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is the owner of E3 Palettes down in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, I'm excited for this conversation today because I love interviewing owners of the palette businesses. I think that uh, you get a little more insight. There's a lot of cool stories to like how you got started, why you got started, and it's more personal, you know, like this is your child, this is your baby. So it's, uh, you can tell that there's more enthusiasm in the conversations, um, not to take away from any of the other ones, but Adam, uh, would you mind kind of just going into, you know, how did E3 come to fruition? How did you get started? And we'll just start going yeah, from there. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, man. I really, uh, have enjoyed what you've, uh, you know, come up with here in this idea of the podcast and the, the whole palette plug in, in general. It's a, it's something that I think the palette industry needed and, and was probably missing and no one really realized it, you know, until, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's out of sight, out of mind until all of a sudden yeah. there it is. So, um, you know, well, obviously thank you. congrats to you on that. Um, so yeah, a little background about me. Um, I went to the university of Georgia. Um, I played baseball there for three years, graduated the whole deal. Um, and after that, I uh, continued on playing baseball professionally for a few years. Um, in the off season of, let's see, what, 2020, I guess it was, I kind of was looking for a way to make some money uh, on the side. You know, I can't really get a full-time job because if I do, I'm going to have to quit in a few months. You know, it's only about a three to four month period where you can actually, you know, do anything there. And you're also still training, working out, doing the whole, the whole, th the whole thing there. So uh, limited time. Um, in the day and also limited time in the year as far as a job goes. So I started kind of researching some ideas and, and don't ask me how, but somehow or another the palette industry came across. <laughs> so I don't know how, um, but it really caught my attention. And, and I, and I went on a, um, on a tour of a, a facility, um, oh, wow. not even, in, not even palette related here. So it's a okay. local company that they, it's a friend of mine that I knew and, and they just moved to a bigger warehouse. Um, and I, and I was able to go in there and, and kind of just do a tour of the facility. And this is kind of pre even pallet minded of, of me. So I, I didn't even, okay. I wasn't even really going into there looking at pallets. And, and when we got into the warehouse part of it, um, I saw just stacks and stacks of pallets and I was, it kind of brought me back to that thinking of, of the pallet industry and, and, and how I, how I could maybe go about doing something. So I asked him, you know, some questions about that. And, and it, he basically said, yeah, we buy, you know, a guy brings us these pallets every week and, and we, you know, write him a check at the end of the week kind of deal. And, and so that was like, oh, you know, sounds simple enough, at least um, <laughs> little did I know it's not, uh, but um, you know, so that's kind of how it started. So then I, so I started, like I said, picking up pallets here and, and selling them back to that, that same company. And, you know, one thing led to another. And um, when it was time to go back to the baseball season, it was actually uh, right in the middle of COVID. So <clears throat> our season got canceled completely. So I went from having a three month, um, a three month off season to basically now a year and six month off season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, by the time you get after a year and a half, I, I really had a lot of time to focus on the business side of things. And continue to grow it because I, when I knew it was only three months, I wasn't necessarily planning on growing it and then just leaving. Um, I had to kind of readjust my thought process of that. 
Um, and I had time to do that. And then at the end of the year and a half, I, you know, I was able to, uh, to decide to hang up the cleats and, and really focus on, um, the pallet industry and, and the business that I had grown. That's, that's pretty crazy. So, I mean, it really wasn't <clears throat> meant to be a full-time job. It wasn't meant to become a business. Like when you were doing it, were you always E3 or were you just kind of Adam who sells pallets? Yeah. So the original company name, company name, sorry, was uh, Uchi Creek Pallet Company. Okay. Um, it's a creek that I grew up on my entire life. Uh, if you're not from my area, then you've never heard of it. And even if you are <laughs> from my area, you still may have never heard of it. So it became an issue when I started talking to these customers and giving out my email address and, and you know, telling the company that I work for and not one customer ever said it correctly. No one knew how to spell it. No one. So I very quickly realized, and you know, that's one, one of the, one of the things that I learned very fast was having a easy name that one that you can pronounce, but also spell is very, very important. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. When giving out uh, business cards and just oh, saying yeah. it to people, talking on the phone, I'm sure it's oh, like, gosh. how do you spell yeah. that? Like, yeah, can I get your email? I... And you have to you have yeah. to spell it like four times for them. You know, it's right. Tough. I always, yeah. I'm just like, just text it, just text it yeah. to me. It's so right. much easier. I'll remember it and I'll no have doubt. it in one place. But That's right. so I was going through your your about us on your website, and so like you start out with a 20 20 year old truck. Is that what yeah, it? so um, when I did finally decide to start picking up pallets and, and really mm -hmm. started getting into it, um, my grandfather handed me down a, a pickup truck. It's an old Chevy, I think K2500. I forget the exact model, um, okay. but it was an old truck, and it lasted, I don't know, six months maybe before. It just finally <laughs> kept breaking down and breaking down, and finally, like, All right, I got to yeah. do something about this, you know. And I had a like a 12-foot trailer or something, just, you know, very, very – uh, simple and small to begin with. And, and I was sourcing pallets on, on the side of my parents' house at the time. Um, and you know, it was a very small space too. So it was just like, I very quickly outgrew that space and, and had to f figure out something else to do. Uh, ended up getting a, a bigger a gooseneck trailer, um, bigger truck, um, you know, a newer truck, and then also moving into a, <clears throat> a big warehouse space with, I say big, it was 7,500 square feet. Um, and then since then we've moved into four, we're still in the same area, but there's actually wow. four of those bays. So it equates to about 35,000 square feet now. Wow. Holy. Yeah. So how, what, like, we're talking three years that, that, that was like, yeah, since yeah, you started well, three years. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what was like your fuel? Cause that's like, I feel like that's like jet fuel to get you to that right. point. Like what per, put you up there and what, like how, what contributed to your success to get you to right. where you're at? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I had a lot of support around me, um, got in with some, some really good, uh, partner companies now that really have, have helped, uh, limit a lot of ex uh, unnecessary expenses that I could have had probably starting out. Um, and then, you know, right off the tail end of, of COVID was, was some unknowing times of, mm -hmm. of what is the market going to do? And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you got your pallets are skyrocketing, but so is everything else. So it's, you know, it's somewhat evening out. And, and one of our biggest things that, that I, that we really tried to hone in on in that time period was, was just customer service and really maintaining those relationships. Um, and I think that in today's world, because as we all know, and, and obviously now knowing, those prices were not sustainable. Um, yeah. 
So at some point they're going to come back down and at some point someone's going to try to undercut you. So for us really focusing on customer service and our customer relationships was huge. Gotcha. And, and you felt like that just, I mean, in comparison to the competition, like that's what helped set you aside or did you kind of go into, were you in an area where there wasn't a lot of competition that like allowed you to grow yeah. that quickly? Yeah. Sorry. I guess I didn't answer your question last no, you're time. Good. Um, <laughs> I kind of went on a tangent. Um, no, it's fine. That's yeah, what this is you know for. What? Right. Right. I think, uh, I think it was an untapped market, um, a little bit. Um, you know, I guess I didn't have the most uh, industry in it t to begin with. Um, and I think growing up here, um, you know, and having a baseball background, I, I've gotten to know a lot of people in the area. And so I think that really helped because, you know, once I started talking to people and networking with people, you start to put the pieces together and then you can figure out, you know, a mutual connection between each other. And that really helps you get a foot in the door into a lot of these bigger companies that a lot of times I feel like we'll, we'll just slam the door on your face or, or just right. have the, you know, the gatekeepers is not letting you through kind of deal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so being a, a figure within the community was very helpful in, in that aspect, right. along with, you know, really focusing on the relationships that you immediately started to build, but like word of mouth is very mm -hmm. powerful and that kind of helped yeah, you out sure. as well. For sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, gotcha. I think another thing that we, that we really focused on <clears throat> early on and was we really hammered down on our marketing and I feel like I mean, it's definitely paid for itself, um, you know, a couple times through at least. Um, yeah. We we try to have a, as much of a presence on LinkedIn and stuff like that as we can. And I think that that helps a lot when it comes to um, getting that those customers to reach out to you. Because one of the first things I remember going into the very early stages before I had a website or anything, I remember going into a very like a Fortune 500 company, sitting down mm -hmm. and talking to them and then leaving there and, and thinking, I don't even have a website. There's no way, you know, like they're definitely going to Google yeah. the company, you know, like, and so right. that's kind of like triggered my brain. Like, okay, well, I've got to get a bigger presence online. Uh, not only a website, but social media as well, because, you know, some of these bigger companies are, they obviously do their research on, on, mm -hmm. you know, their suppliers. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you guys do a great job on LinkedIn. I always see you guys posting and I feel like you, you put the effort into both pictures and videos and it's not mm -hmm. necessarily just like, do you need pallets? We have pallets, right. you know, like you take the time to show the, you know, the truck loaded up and things yeah. of that nature. So I think that it definitely has shown. And is that just like purely you or, or did you nah. like you find a, a marketing company or how did you kind yeah. of go about that? Yeah. So I hired a marketing company to, to design our website. Um, nice. But after that, they still run the website, um, like the SEO and all that stuff. But they, the, I actually hired a marketing company coordinator um i guess you call her and she yeah. is like solely in charge of um posting on linkedin facebook okay. you know instagram uh she has a she created a tiktok and you know i'm nice. i know for a fact we're not getting business off tiktok but <laughs> hey it might help you never know so it, yeah uh, but no she does a good job she she really has taken it you know and, and ran with it and i, and I kind of told her that in the beginning was hey listen you know we we don't have much of a online presence right now so this is, you know, you can do with this as you please, you know, kind of here's, here's a photo album of pictures and videos, but also you can come in anytime you want, take pictures, you know, this, that, and the other. And so that she started off remote, but now, now she comes into the office every day and does nice. a lot of stuff for us. So she's, 
she's full time with us now and, and doing a doing a ton of stuff and she's done a, a very good job. Wow. Well, hey, that's a testament to to her efforts. So that's yeah, really for good sure. for her. Um no, and, and I think that it's it's awesome to see because it's like that in itself I feel is is untapped within the pallet right. industry. You know, I think that there's you and you know like heritage and maybe a, a couple other ones i think like uh mm -hmm. i want to say like kc pallets or something like that that i okay. see like regularly posting and trying to like put right. footage and stuff out there but yeah i think that it's great that you notice it that you're making a point to try and use it mm -hmm. as an avenue to like you said even if it's not like a, a lead generation source it's still a place that you can let people see who you are, what you're about, what you guys are doing, you know. Yeah. So it's it's super helpful. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's great to hear all all the positive things. Um, yeah. But I think it's funny because going back to you were like, yeah, this seems simple enough. Yeah. You're, right. you're like, it's <laughs> not. You know, like what what were some of the the initial difficulties that that you had faced when you were starting out, and what was the like the learning curve, and yeah, just the harsh realities of getting into yeah. this. Right. Well, you know, like I, like I mentioned earlier, like it did not take us very long to one outgrow the truck and the trailer and the truck continuously breaking down. So just a lot of the very initial small hurdles that we had to overcome, um, finding the correct, the, the, the right warehouse for us with loading mm -hmm. docks and, and the whole deal is not easy. And, and a lot of times can be very expensive. And we were fortunate enough to find a spot that's, you know, right in the middle of downtown Augusta. And that sounds like it wouldn't be a great location, but it's like right on the outside to where it's like perfectly centrally located um, in an industrial area, which is, you know, it's, 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 it's a very good location for us to be in. Um, so that was a big hurdle is finding that location. Um, and then obviously, you know, I think the entire world's going through this right now, but labor shortages was, was tough yeah. and, and maintaining labor was, was very tough and, and really learning how to, to to manage people because you know i've never never really had to do that in my life i've always been a less you know whatever a player on the team or, or whatever yeah. not never necessarily <laughs> a coach or anything um so i think that uh managing people and learning how to deal with them because they are they are people you need to be able to treat mm -hmm. them like that and, and without them there is no e3 pallets there is no any pallet company in the, in the world without their pallet builders or forklift drivers the whole deal. Um, yeah. So that was a big hurdle that it took a long time for me to, I say a long time, took a while to really get the hang of, of, of how to, how do these people react to you? Cause every person's different. And I think, mm -hmm. I think that can go a long way with, with every, with in life, not just, um, you know, in the pallet industry. Yeah. How, how did you go about trying to hire people? Like what was your process when trying to find? Cause I feel like that's something that I've always seen people struggle right. with talk about, I know some people use like promotional videos or just like brutally honest job descriptions. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Like <laughs> I remember there was one guy within the Facebook group that was like, yeah, I basically said that people are going to potentially like bleed and it's a super <laughs> like strenuous job and like, you're probably not going to enjoy it for the most part. But right. so how, how do you go about looking for people? How did you get your name out there to be able to have people interested in wanting to work for you? Yeah, you know, we were somewhat fortunate in that because when I was when I first started out, I had a couple high school kids that were, you know, I didn't necessarily need full time guys to start okay. with. I had I had two full time guys when I first started, or when I first started hiring. I got two full time guys, and then 
some high school kids that would come in and they were seniors in, in high school. So they had like some weird schedule where they could come in at like 1230 or one o'clock every day. I don't know how that works, but um, (laughs) they, so they would come in and basically get, you know, four to five hours in in the afternoon. Um, And um, so that happened for a while, got to the point where I needed more full-time help. And, you know, the high school help wasn't really cutting it um, just based off of the part-time and I also knew that they were going to be transitioning into going to college, the whole deal. It was it really helped me get, you know, get kickstarted. Um, then I found uh, one of the, the companies that is right next door to me had some, had some workers that had a uh, relative that was moving into the area. So I hired okay. him and he's, st- you know, he's been with me for, I guess, two and a half years now. Uh, wow. And he, uh, he brought, you know, he had some friends that needed a job. It's kind of just snowballed. Um, yeah. We went through a period where we were going through a, a hiring agency or a staffing agency. And um, they, uh, they, we just couldn't, for whatever reason, they would not stick around. I don't know what it was. And we were in a time where, where people weren't offering full-time hours. We were able to guarantee 40 hours a week at least um, to these guys. And they still... You know, it was crazy. They would, you know, and it's hard to say this, but they would leave for less money for more guaranteed hours a week. And it was like, I, you know, there's only so much work I can provide you guys, you know, at the same, guarantee you guys at least, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. Well, so anyway, so we got, we finally uh, got enough outside help from the staffing agency that we were able to just completely get away from that um, altogether. And then, you know, it's just one after another, you just start keep adding people on. And, and it's been, it's been pretty, I've been pretty fortunate as far as, as far as that goes, um, of getting people on. And then once you get them on, it's really, I've really started to focus in on, on retaining them, uh, and, and, you know, just getting to know them personally and, and, you know, cause they're not just your, your employee. They're, they're also, you know, can be your friend or, or yeah. whatever it may be, you know, and, and getting to know <laughs> yeah. them outside of work has is, is been very valuable, I think. I, I That's a, a great point to make. I feel like that is one thing that not a lot of, not just specific to the pallet industry, but just right. like business owners in general, you know, it's like to be able to look at your employee as more than just an employee and put in the effort to try and keep them around like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is the hardest part, right? Like anybody will sign up for a job just to try and make some money, but then, being there, like if the work is not something they want to do, sure, they're not going to stick around. But then sure, yeah. their boss, like that is the next, I feel, factor as to why somebody might want to leave or would stick around. So right. Right. the fact that you you take the time to put in that effort and um, show these people that you genuinely care about them, I think is, right. is super important. And do you feel yeah. as though like that's been the the main benefit to, to why people stick around? Yeah, I, you know, I think so. Well, one of the things that I, a quote or whatever I, I take from, from baseball, from my baseball career that I, that I really, that's really stuck with me in throughout is, uh, you know, control what you can control. So I can't control if they like repairing pallets. It's not an easy job. You know, I can't control it. I, I don't, there's nothing else that I can do to improve the actual physical job of that, that other than what I've done, setting it up, the whole deal, get them fans and the whole, you know what I mean? Yeah. Other than that, I, you can control that, but I cannot control if they're, if they are going to stick around because of the job, but I can control how I treat them and how, how they feel when they walk through the door, how they feel when they wake up in the morning, do they want to come to work? You know, 
if you wake up every morning miserable, it's, it's not going to take long for you to, to find something else to do. Um, you know, and I, and I want them to, to leave work every day and, and with a smile on their face, the whole deal. And that's, it just goes back to, you know, it's one of the thing one of the small things that I can control and I try to control as, as, as much as I can. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's super helpful. And I, 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 I like that quote as well. I feel like I'm trying to think if it's like, it's the same one or yeah, no, it's always just like focus on the things that you can control. Cause right. I, I've, yeah. I have said thing, the yeah. same thing to right. myself and it's, it's super helpful. Um, in one in yourself, but also in, in two, like trying to understand or at least like respect other people's perspectives, you know, right. where it's like somebody wants to leave. It's like, are you going to sit there and try and you know, offer them more money or whatever yeah, it is. Right. I mean, if it's a good employee, like sure, you're going to take the time to do that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, it's, it's important to be able to take a step back and like recognize the fact that like y- you can only control what you can control to That's repeat right. it three times, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But so as far as like the industry from, from when you started till now, like I, there's been a drastic change within it. Um, so, I, and I don't want to just be super like open and be like, what do you think about it? I'm trying to be more focused, but right. like your personal experience, what, what has it been like when you first joined in versus where you're at now? Like, has it been shaky? Has it been a little bit of yeah. a reality check, you know, not to right. put you on the spot, right. but. Yeah, no doubt. So this is uh, obviously being a newer company. This is our uh, first roller coaster in the, mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, in the wave of things. Um, and uh, seeing the highs and, and seeing what now cross my fingers is the low, um, it, it's definitely eye-opening and it, and it makes you realize um, what what the industry can be or what it was before COVID and the whole deal um, and really learning on learning where where you need to start focusing your your money on or um, you know stuff like that the small things that because when 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 prices start to drop your margin starts to drop and all of a sudden mm-hmm. now, where do you make up that margin? Um, a lot of times you can't make up the whole margin, but there are definitely some expenses that you can cut out or at least, you know, become more efficient in, in, in your dismantling or become more efficient in your repairs, find, finding new ways to set up your repair room or whatever it may be to, uh, to, to, you know, produce more pallets in less time that helps with the margins a lot. Um, I think, uh, you know, obviously the entire recycle side of the world, at least, is uh, I know everyone's sitting on thousands of pallets and it's um, taking up a lot of space for sure. And so that's that has a lot to do with the price drop. And so learning how to to manage your inventory is another thing that we're trying to that we're that we're diving into right now is you know where where do we put these pallets? I mean you know like we're physically out of room, but it's yeah. part of part of it. You know what I mean? It's um you know we're we're trying to trying to learn how to manage that inventory, like I said and. And it is definitely some. It's definitely new because you know you look at it two years ago. If you had the pallet, it was sold. You know, it was if it was right. sitting on the floor. It wasn't sitting there for too long. And now it's right. you know it's it's uh, trying to trying to go after these new buyer. You know, the new buyers and new customers is is uh, is something new. You know, because like I said, in two years ago, or whatever uh, the customers were co- coming after you, and now it's yeah. it's completely different. So it's it's complete opposite. What what do you think are some of the the lessons that you've learned within that period of time from when you first started till now? Like, what do you think if you could maybe do three, three or five like topics mm-hmm. or lessons that you would say? Like, 
I know yeah. inventory management. We can put that yeah, as, as one of them. Inventory management is definitely one of them. Um, yeah, because we, you know, we were buying a lot of pallets off the from from street vendors or uh, people, you know, bringing them in off the streets or whatever. Um, yeah, and learning, we tried to hold on to it as long as we could, um, and so that's another like relationship that we try to maintain because those people do bring typically better pallets and you're getting off of a drop trailer or from, from, yeah. a, you know, from a, from a bigger customer um, because they're going into the smaller stores and getting, you know, they've getting, you know, five, 10, 20 pallets from these smaller places that are typically in really good shape. So maintaining those relationships is important. Um, inventory management, obviously uh, learning how to control your, uh, your core prices is something that we've really had to learn quickly. Um, it was mm-hmm. kind of one of those deals with a feast or famine kind of deal. So, um, learning how to, how to read that. Um, and I think, uh, your previous podcast was Ashley. Yeah. She made a good point mm-hmm. of like how your sales team has a really good idea on, or has a good, yeah, good grasp on the market and where it's at. Um, and that's so true because you look at the people that are sitting in the office every day, they are not the ones that are out in the field actually, you know, getting the reaction from the customer, whereas the sales team is seeing it day to day and knowing where some of these new customers are at price. And, and, you know, you can just tell by the, by the reaction, whenever you quote them, you know, where they're at and um, being able to get to that point is is obviously very important. And just reading the trends is, is something that's new um, to us and and really just learning how to do that is, is very, very, very valuable. Yeah. Do you, speaking of of trends and things of that nature like do you use any technology within your business to keep track of these things or i know that um pallet enterprise not only the magazine but they put out their market Mm -hmm. reports i actually just talked to uh one of the owners there Mm -hmm. um so i wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out but (laughs) at the same time uh yeah do you use any of that tech do you use any of that information to to help you out in your business yeah so pallet enterprise is huge um you know, their monthly copy is definitely read um, throughout my entire office. We make sure that everyone at least has a copy and tries to, you know, what they pull from it, if they do or if they don't, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I think it's, I think you can pull something from it just about every month, if not uh, a couple of things, you know, especially yeah. their, their like market trends, like you, like you talked about. As far mm-hmm. as technology goes, we, <clears throat> we don't really use any, any big technology yet. We, we, do a lot through like the Google account stuff, like Google Calendar, um, uh, Google Tasks, Google uh, Docs, stuff like that that we can transfer from you know within our within the team and our calendars use for, so our forklift drivers know what to load or our, our you know our builders know what to build and our drivers know where what's the order of things and our office managers know when to when to send an invoice and where to send it kind of deal. So that's that's one thing that really helps us. And then I actually created a like a google or a sorry excel sheet that keeps up with our inventory coming in and our inventory going out so that's that's kind of how we track our inventory is just uh uh like a document or a whatever you call it that i created um i don't know a couple years ago okay yeah so so um yeah, you're, so you're still trying to i mean obviously like google is helpful super helpful for mm-hmm. everybody i know that yeah. there's other um, you know, things specifically tailored to this industry that that's out there. But what about like automation? Like, do you use any machinery within your space? Is it still guys using nail guns and um, 
dismantling machines, things of that nature? Yeah, so no automation. Uh, well, the only automation, th- we got a dismantler. We have um, trim saw, like an automated trim saw. So that's those are the, the two automated things that we have. But as far as like nailing goes, that's we still have like the tables with the nail gun, um, the whole deal. Because for the most part, we're not building any thing from new we have a, we have a handful of customers that we do some custom build stuff for um out of recycled lumber um and outside of that like mo- most everything we do is just repairing like a standard 48 by 40 uh, we will we will repair some of the odd size stuff that we um that we can resell that we bring in a good quant- uh, quantity of um okay. but yeah as far as like automation goes like uh the trim saw and the dismantler are the only two big machines that we that we use do you see that as something down the line that you would want to move towards? Cause I mean, I know that most of the machines are tailored towards like 4840. So that's, right. that's mostly what you guys put out. Would it be something of use or do you think that you're more of the keeping the people working there? Yeah. I mean, thoughts? I think um, no matter what we did, it wouldn't, it would be keeping our employees in mind, obviously, you know, because, uh, they've done so much for the company already that it would be tough just to be like, oh, okay, well, we've got, we now have a machine that does your job. See you later. Good luck. You know? Yeah. Um, so there, they do make some like, uh, like automated, like, um, a conveyor systems that like automatic stackers, stuff like that, that I've mm-hmm. definitely have been looking into and, and trying to get some quotes on. Um, so that, that would be next for us. Um, you know, obviously I don't, I don't know how I feel about the robotic dismantler just yet. Um, yeah. As far as the value of it. I mean, it's obviously very, a very good piece of equipment, but the price of it is the one thing it's that, uh, is, is, you know, I feel like, uh, one person can do the same. I don't know. It's, uh, I, I feel indifferent on that just yet. And I haven't yeah. seen enough. I haven't seen it enough in person to, to change my mind just yet. But, um, to me, the, the automatic stackers is, is huge. Um, and then maybe some type of nailing system um, in the future as we start taking on some more uh, custom sizes. Okay. And so that would be like the machine focuses on the new 4840s and recycled material. And then you can have mm-hmm. your guys be focusing on the custom builds. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, that conveyor is still, is still a employee ran. So it just helps streamline some things. So it's, there's still repair tables along the way through that, gotcha. through the conveyors, but it just helps kind of feed those guys a lot seamlessly or a lot, I guess that's right. Um, rather than having to have the forklift, take it, you know, taking individual stacks to four different people, it sets it in one spot and then it allows them to, to check and, and, you know, repair those pallets a lot easier. Gotcha. And it's actually it's... a lot, a lot easier for the employee too, because of the, the uh, automatic stacker, you're not having to carry those pallets you know, an extra 10 steps just to, and then stack it up on top of, you know, 20 high or whatever. Yeah. No. And I, I feel like that's definitely the one thing that I would like, I would love to see more videos on, you know, mm-hmm. just how that machinery works and how different people have their setups. I mean, maybe that's like everybody's secret sauce is, is right. how your, your warehouse is set up. But yeah, I just feel like that kind of content would be super cool and helpful for people who are not within that space immediately, you know, they get to see how everything works and the streamlining of everything. So just to, you know, if you're looking for content, it could be an approach. Um, Well, I think the NWP, sorry. Go go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. What were we going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say, I think the NWPCA 
like they have the fall plant tours um, every year. Um, and that seems to be geared more towards new pallets. Um, gotcha. But I think, you know, within the last few years, um, they, they started up the recycling committee, which just shows to you the impact of, of the recycle side of pallets and, and how big it's gotten and, and, and the importance of it and how it's, it's basically its own entity outside of new pallets. Um, and uh, I hope, I'm hoping in the near future that they're going to start doing a, like, you know, whatever city that they go to, like this year is on, is on, is in Ontario. Wow. And mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping that whatever city that they go to, they'll start, you know, maybe doing a recycled plant and also a new plant just so that way it, you know kind of gears more towards everyone and, that, and just to your point like seeing how these guys um facilities are set up and and how they operate out of them is you know you could be thinking you're doing it the right way and you go and see a bigger facility and how they're doing it and it's very eye-opening you know yeah no and i, and I think to the one point um about the recycling side yeah it's that that was honestly going to be one of my next questions put them in a park it for a second because it's i see it as kind of like like a kitchen setup you know mm-hmm. where it's like is it all just a row is it just everything is kind of placed in different sections where like i finish one thing and hand it off like i never worked in a kitchen so mm-hmm. i'm not speaking off of experience right. but just more so in the sense of like it's it, it has to be as efficient as possible and as safe as possible and so like you like you're saying if you have it set up one way but then you go somewhere and you see somebody else has it set up in like same equipment, same footprint space that they're working within, but they have it set up in a different way. It's like mm-hmm. you're saying, like it could be so educational and helpful for you to be able to increase the efficiency of your business, make it safer for your employees, like whatever it may be. So, yeah, right. I, 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 you know, NWPCA, if you're listening, <laughs> yeah. make it a point to do something like that. Yeah. But um, but so in regards to the recycling aspect of things, sustainability, um, you know, like waste management, what is how how do you do that as a business owner? Like, what are the things that you I know, again, it's like a kind of a broad question and, and hard to hone in on or at least what I'm thinking of asking. But, you know, what it, when it comes to waste, like, how do you go about managing that what things do you have in place to to make it so your place stays clean mm-hmm. things like that if you're already thinking i'm just gonna let you talk and then yeah, yeah, yeah you're good you're good <laughs> um yeah so some of the things that we that we've done and we were so you know we don't we don't have a, a mulcher on site um we partner with a company that um that's a recycle company in, in augusta and uh what they do is, is they've they'll drop a trailer at our facility and, and whatever pallets that we can't, that's just too far gone. We can't repair it to size that we cannot use or dismantle or whatever it may be, just complete trash. Mm-hmm. Um, we will load it up on, on to that, uh, dry van and haul it off to, um, the landfill there where they, uh, that's a bad word to use, but it's not going to the <laughs> landfill. So let me, right. just, let me back up. <laughs> it's not going to the landfill. Yeah. At the landfill, they have a recycle center that mulches gotcha. the <laughs> mulches the ballot, um, and, gotcha. and and then obviously turns it into mulch. So, please forgive me if if anyone <laughs> I'm sure someone just got mad there when I said the word landfill, but right. nothing's going to the landfill. So um, they also drop off a uh, a uh, you know a thirty yard dumpster that will put all of our 
you know, scrap wood into from, okay. from repairing and stuff like that, dismantling that we accumulate throughout the day um, that we'll put in there and they'll, they'll also mulch that. So that's kind of our two avenues of getting rid of um, getting the, the, the broken, two broken pallets and the, the broken scrap wood to the mulch the facility and, and how, how we kind of really focus on lengthening that, that life cycle of the pallet. Whereas, you know, in, in the past, a lot of people I know, maybe not in the industry, but a lot of companies were just throwing those pallets in the dumpster and, and quite frankly still are um, yeah. just because yeah. it's easier, I guess. Um, but whatever we can do to keep those out of the landfill is, is obviously very, very important. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, I was curious, like, do you think that mulching might be an avenue that you go down later down the line? Or do you think right. that what you have, the current setup that you're working on works for you? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the company that we that were with, we do a ton of business with them. Um, we partner very closely with them. Um, gotcha. And so they, they do, you know, they, they go into companies, obviously looking for the cardboard, stuff like that. And anytime there's pallets, they send them our way. So it's kind of, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of a win-win situation for us where we're not, we're not being charged to, to haul off the waste and in return, you know, they get the pallets to, for the mulch and then in return we get, you know, to look through the pallets first, basically. So, um, it'd be, it'd be kind of hard to turn that down. That's fair. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's like you said, if you already have that relationship and you're already right. working well, it's kind of, yeah. you know, like maybe things yeah exactly and it, right. it's so and i want to take a second because i haven't talked to these people yet but they are going to to come on and talk with me but there's this company called Airburner, and okay. i don't know if have you heard of them before i haven't no it's i don't want to like not do it justice because the technology or whatever like what has gone into this seems super interesting and and not as simple as just calling it as like an incinerator but in okay. from my understanding base level it's like an incinerator but it turns mm -hmm. it into like what's it bio biochar like the yeah, i don't want like or said, something i'm gonna yeah. have them on the podcast when we do, when i do that episode then you can actually like listen and learn yeah. what they do yeah, because yeah. it's really cool and interesting but um again it seemed like another avenue of potential like waste disposal you know like that's okay. that's what they're yeah. focusing on and why they felt it would be helpful to come and come on the podcast and talk about the business so that's right when that episode comes out keep an yeah. eye out for it yeah i've seen um i've seen people using pallet wood for um like the the grill pellets you know um yeah, not exactly yeah, yeah, sure the pro i think that's a pretty uh, extensive process that you have to go through to make those, but that's another avenue that you go through that. Um, you know, I don't like biofuel, like you were talking about. I think they, yeah. they use them for their burners and stuff like that too. So there's a lot of different yeah. uh, uses for a unusable pallet. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's always the, the interesting part to hear people's approach on it. Like mm -hmm. you have a setup, then it works. It makes sense. But, um, like with this air burner company, you know, another mm -hmm. option that people might not have even known was out there for that. Yeah, so right. cool to learn about stuff like that. Um, but going off of the, you know, what's a good palette, what's a bad palette conversation or, or, you know, topic that you had brought up, like, what are, what are the standards that, that you've kind of implemented and how do you ensure that they, 
are met every single time that you guys are putting out your product? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if, as far as 48 by forties go, I, I tell my guys to, you know, we're not throwing any of them away by any means. Um, They're not going to be mulched. We either, we try to repair all of them. If let's say if you have to repair an entire stringer or runner, then that's almost a different story because you're talking about waste taking a lot of time just to get yeah. one pallet finished. Um, so we'll end up tearing those down for the boards and, the, and the, the good runners off of that. But um, okay. as far as like production goes, the biggest thing, the biggest focus that we have is making sure that uh, the boards are touching the corners um, that we have, you know, you know, good spacing in between them. If I don't want them cutting corners because the fact they're on piece bay and seeing yeah. a bunch of, um, spacing and just skipping where they could have put a board, um, you know, putting a block where necessary, not just cutting that corner off either. And then making sure that all the nails are, are obviously in the boards and not no, you know, no loose nails um, hanging out of the boards, which is, which can damage the customer's product. And that's, that's typically the easiest thing to do that will go the furthest. How did you come about learning that? Was that something that just through experience that like through seeing it and through asking customers that you were like, okay, this is the standard to follow. Cause I mean, like I know that there's some sort of information out there on it, but I feel as though everybody kind of has their own, this is an A, this is a B. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like how did you, do you have like a handbook that you train all your employees on or like how, how do you go about educating your employees on those standards and ensuring that it happens? Right. So to your point, I, I kind of just, like I, like I said, started and, and, and learned a lot of it on my own as far as just the basic stuff of it. Um, and then you, you know, there's, there is a lot of information out there that you can, that you can read on. The, you know, the NWPCA does a good job of putting a lot of stuff up on their, on their website. Um, and, uh, you know, giving that information, the, the right information to, as far as standards of A and B grades, I'm not sure is, I'm not sure it, like to your point, I'm not sure it's out there, I, you know, but being able to talk to other people in the industry um, and seeing what they're doing and, and, and what they're considering an A and a B is, has been very helpful. I've had uh, a couple customers or cus- customers, a couple other companies, pallet companies, send me their like guidelines of what an A is and what a B is. Nice. And so we've been able to go back and look at that. You know, um, that that's kind of recent, but that's that's it's something that's very good. It has pictures on it. And it's very good and uniform, and it makes sense to 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 all of our workers that they can look at that and read it and understand. Okay, this is the difference between an A and this is the difference between a B you know, or an A plus and a B, you know, whatever, however yeah. you're breaking it down. Um, so that, that is one way that, that I try to show all of, all of the, um, all of my employees how to show them all that, that pamphlet, um, that, uh, that I received and, and it really, it really does go a long ways. Excellent. That, that, that's super helpful. And it kind of leads into like my next question, honestly, where, um, partnership, you know, working with other mm-hmm. companies, so you you clearly have, have talked to and worked with some other pallet businesses and it sounds like the recycling business is another one that you've partnered with. So mm-hmm. um, one kind of, how do you go about that? And two, like what are, if you want to some other companies that you've partnered with or worked with? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, 
don't want to make you feel like you have to yeah, directly yeah. quote them by name or anything. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. So. <laughs> no, so we uh, we do a lot with uh, the Timbermen, which they're uh, out of Camac, Georgia, which is not far from us. Um, okay. And they, uh, you know, we've got a really good relationship with Heather Willingham over there and um, and have just kind of, they've really helped guide us. They've been, I think this was their 50 year anniversary, I think oh, this wow. year. So they've been doing it. They've been around for a long time. Um, wow. So, you know, just getting the knowledge from them. Um, you know, I, I remember pulling up to, to their facility the first time and probably that old beat up pickup truck that I was in and just being like blown <laughs> away, like, you know, how big of a facility it is and, and yeah. how many pallets they had, you know, and, and it really kind of just struck a fire on, you know, under me and really made me want to, to continue to do this. And, and they've been so helpful in, in getting me started. And, and, I, and, you know, now we have a little bit of mutual uh, collaboration going where we, you know, they help each other. We help each other. We help them. They help us kind of deal. And, and, you know, partners like that, like the, and especially in the pallet industry, like there's so many pallets in the world, like there's plenty to go around, yeah. like, you know, helping people out and partnering with other pallet companies is they're not necessarily your competition. And like to, to a previous point that I made earlier, like there was, they're, they're all on the new side of, of things. So mm. recycling and, and new pallets are completely different. Like it's completely different customers, completely different everything. So, yeah. you know, they, just getting their industry insight and then being able to, to turn that into the recycle side of things has, has been, you know, invaluable. Um, you know, another one, uh, Randy Ellington, who you've had on, um, with pallet sales and recycling, they, we yeah. do some work with them. They, he's been very helpful. You know, if I ever have a question, I'll just shoot him a text or pick up the phone and call him. And he's always super quick to answer. If he doesn't, he'll call me back. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, like I said, he's, he's been in it for a while too. So he just getting his, his knowledge from it has, has been very, very helpful too. And, um, obviously can't thank him enough. Um, outside of the industry kind of uh like you said the recycle company upstream recycling they they really help us out as far as our waste goes um and you know turning our being able to continue that the life cycle of the pallet and turning it into to the next step in that phase um it has been you know it, it helps us be you know zero waste the whole deal so um you know we try to because you know in these companies that we're going after and, and you know going and knocking on doors they, yeah, we're trying to sell them pallets or we're trying to, you know, pick up their pallets, whatever it may be. Yeah. They, a lot of these customers also are getting rid of cardboard or getting rid of, you know, whatever it may be, I see. plastic, uh, metal, stuff like that. So I can kind of go into the, into these companies with the approach of, Hey, we can be your one-stop shop kind of deal. Like we can take care of all gotcha. of your waste, not just your pallets. Um, and a lot of times these companies, they want just one contact. Like you think about trying to, you think about some of these bigger companies needing to get a dumpster pulled and they have to go, they got like six vendors and they're trying to figure out which vendor does their dumpsters and this, that, and the other us being able to go in there and, and actually, you know, do all of that stuff for them has been, has been, I think a successful approach to, to winning some business. That's, that's a great idea. I'm so I'm curious, do you pick, pick up the cardboard for them and then, when the recycling company comes, they'll come and grab it from you guys, or is it like you kind of set up that transaction? Right. Or the, yeah, so we you know, just set it up basically to nice. where, um, <clears throat> like, I'll get a quote from them. Like, I know like mm -hmm. their, their prices typically, and 
So I can just basically quote the cu- the customer based off of those prices. And then gotcha. from day one, kind of introduce them. And then, you know, they could still have the point of contact being me or whatever it may be. And, you know, so that way it's it's technically upstream that's doing all their 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 roll offs or their cardboard or whatever it may be, but it's still all flowing through one one company or or vice versa. They do the same thing for us. Like I'll get a text every day from them, hey, what wow, you know, what can we quote this company on, you know, cores coming out of there or whatever. You know, and, and cool. So then they'll quote them that and then bring me the pallets. So it's kind of like, you know, both ends of things. So we yeah. kind of attack each customer as a group, not necessarily an individual company. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that for people listening in, you know, if you're a pallet business owner, I feel like a recycling company sounds like a great partnership to for your business, you know, because it's yeah. opened up a whole new avenue of not only potential opportunities of, I don't know, revenue potentially, but more so just on the fact that it's like, you know, they're going out and in the same environments that you most likely would want to be in. So mm-hmm. if you have double the amount of eyes looking at things that could help benefit your company. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's a super helpful point. I think I uh, want to just rewind back, give Randy a shout out because yeah, he's an awesome dude. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, you know, he's, he's spoken highly of you as well. So that's cool that like you guys have that awesome. level of communication and connection. Yeah. It's, it's always good to hear, you know, people who know each other and always like to give credit where it's due. Yeah, um, he's sure. just been, super good guy and helpful for me as well so i really appreciate him um so if you're listening randy thank you from both of us (laughs) Um, but yeah i think that as far as uh like partnerships go uh, you made a good point that you know there's companies who are just focusing on new stuff so Mm -hmm. you can take that information and, and way of operating and implement it into your own business but still not be seen as direct competition and if anything like have you has there been opportunities where you guys like i guess like broker together where they might have an opportunity that they can hand off to you and and vice versa or not not to that are you saying the the recycle company brokering through me no like um like the other pallet companies that you've worked with oh oh uh, like brokering with other pallet companies yeah 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 so yeah we we work a lot with the some of the I say bigger pallet companies um, and uh, you know, they send us a lot of orders and stuff like that because yeah. they, they're looking for those customers that are those pallet companies that are in the areas that they're not, you know? And um, so we, we do work a lot with uh, some of the bigger pallet brokers if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty much um, just also saying like in regards to the ones that you specifically mentioned, like was there opportunities oh, yeah. where, they directly kind of had opportunities for you to work with, or was it more like knowledge sharing that you got? Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Uh, probably more knowledge sharing for the most part. Um, and just, I'm, I'm having a hard time following. I'm assuming you're talking about upstream, like the recycling company still, or you're talking about the bigger brokers. I'm sorry. No, like, uh, like pallet sales and recycling, like Randy and that other, uh, large 50 year old company that you had mentioned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we do do a lot of business with them, with both those companies. Um, sorry, I completely was not following you. Um, but yeah, (laughs) so we do a lot of business with those companies. Um, and like, to your point, like we, it helps whenever, it's almost like I like to look at it almost like a separate sales team as far as going back to the upstream company or even like the, the bigger company that that, mm-hmm. that is all new pallets in our area. It's like almost having a sales team out there because they're going out and selling their product. 
well, hey, we don't buy new product. We don't know. We don't, Lord have mercy. We don't buy new pallets, but we buy recycled pallets. And then, you know, right. they, then they send it our way kind of deal. So um, on top of the knowledge that they've provided me, which is invaluable um, in itself. Yeah, we do. We do a lot of business with, with those two companies. So it's, it's helpful to make yourself known within your local area and within the industry. Um, Correct. Yeah. It's, is something that somebody could take away from that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool. Yeah, that was definitely, that was kind of like the point that I was working towards where it's like, yeah. don't be afraid to like make friends with other pallet businesses, you know, like it's, oh, it's yeah. helpful no, to have They're not your enemy, you know, you know it's, it's, yeah. uh, we're all in it together. And whenever you go to, uh, which I highly uh, recommend you doing is obviously joining the NWPCA, but um, yeah. going to their, uh, their conference um, every, you know, every spring that I think this year's will be in Sawgrass, Florida, uh, or next okay. year, I guess in March, but whenever you get into one of those big networking um, dinners or, or whatever it may be, and just get to talking to people in the industry, you really quickly realize that we're all in this together kind of deal. And no one's out here like cutting throats. You know, it's, it's, it is very much so a, a family industry than it is in some other industries that I've seen. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's one, it's actually really cool to, to be able to go into those, those uh, meetings or, uh, the, the networking events and stuff like that and being able to, to talk to like-minded people and, and realize how similar everyone is in the industry, whether you, whatever background you come from, everyone seems to have the same, you know, uh, thinking, the same mindset, same, whatever it may be. Um, and no matter if you've been in for a hundred years or, or two years, I feel yeah. like you can take it, you can take something from, every person that you talk to, whether it be one piece of information from the conversation or whether it be 20 pieces of information, you know, that could be, you know, business changing, whatever it may be. But, um, you know, to your, I guess, answer your question, I'm not sure if I did or didn't, but um, being able to go into those uh, conferences and, and just seeing that there is, that we're not enemies here, that you that you can partner and learn from these pilot companies, especially the ones that are in your area, um, so yeah, I guess that answered your question. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I appreciate that. I think that um like from from Kate Matz to Ashley, uh to Randy as well, you know, like they've mm-hmm. all said similar things where it's like one, it's the community and family feel and we're all kind of part yeah. of this together. Um, but it's also the like openness of of sharing information and, and trying to uh, be able to learn from one another because like every market is different too. I think mm-hmm. that's a, a big takeaway from I'm all the way up here in New Jersey. So this compared to what's down there to out on the West coast to like Colorado, right. like I'm sure everything is going to be different from pricing to processing and how they get their supplies and things like that. So yeah, um, to sure. be able to hear another person's perspective, I think is, is super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to, just trying to look through here. Oh, I guess, yeah, like success stories. Do you have any, you know, positive things that looking back on, because I know we're coming up on, on an hour mark here and I don't want to hold you for too long. Oh, no, um, but yeah, like what are some of the most like memorable experiences that you've had throughout your your journey and through growing your business and whether they're good or bad, you know, like what have just been right. some of the most memorable experiences? Um trying to think about like specific stories. I'm not sure. You know, one of the things that, that I've had to really 
uh, learn quickly. And this kind of goes back to one of your previous questions of, of what have you learned along the way? And this kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of it for some reason, but in the pallet industry, you learn very fast that the customer, uh, for, for the customer, the pallet itself, one is a commodity, but two, it's seems to be out of sight, out of mind. Um, mm-hmm. and they don't think about pallets. They don't need pallets until they do. And when they do, they yeah. need them today. And so really learning how to like manage the customer in that panic moment, um, is, has been a, has been a challenging, has been a challenging thing. And, um, you know, I think that is one thing that, that, that we try to do a really good job of is, is our turnaround time and trying to get those shipments out to, to these customers quickly. Um, and it's actually made us turn more into a, um, we try to do more of a pallet management system for a lot of our customers. And I try to push that on them and let with the customers that are, that are willing one and two, the ones that aren't, that don't have a hard time getting a PO approved, but the, you know, whenever they don't, whenever it's a simple process to get a PO approved and, and I can kind of, we can kind of manage their pallet inventory as it goes and know that whenever you get below this point or whatever it may be, you know, we need to go ahead and place an order. Can you get a PO approved for us? That way I just don't want, you know, trying to look out for their best interest. We don't want them yeah. to be out of pallets because I've had too many emails at five o'clock on a Thursday afternoon or even Friday, you know, afternoon at <laughs> four forty five and it's like, Hey, can you get us a pallet load this afternoon? I'm like, What? <laughs> you know how afternoon? <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> you know, the earliest we can get it to you is the next day kind of deal. Cause it's yeah. five o'clock, you know, but I mean, at the same time, <laughs> it's just like one of those things. Like they don't think about it until they go to load a truck and Oh crap, we don't have any pallets. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. been a big learning curve for us. Um, and I guess not much of a success story, but it's just been one of those things that we've really had to kind of fight through as a company and growing. Well, and I think, Hey, like I said, it's, it's good or bad. Right. And I think that yeah. there's a lot of, a value in it still because it's like not only like you have to be proactive for your customer so it's like not only do you have to be staying in contact with them and, and keeping track of things but it's also like keeping track of things on your side and like okay well how quickly do they normally go through pallets right. and like is it the type of business where it is consistent to where it's like you know that you can rely on that order mm-hmm. or are they more all over the place where it's like, okay, I know roughly uh, every month they might place an order with me or something. So mm-hmm. let me schedule a phone call, you know, the week prior to make sure that I'm preparing for that type of right. uh, situation. So they're not panicking. So no, I, I think that, um, uh, I think that it's still informative and it's uh, like success story, like not necessarily, but that's not the point. You know, I think right. that it's, this meant is meant to be more on a, a, a place to, just share information yeah. and helpful tips for yeah, people. Yeah. So I think that people hopefully can find value in that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're coming up to our, our hour mark. Um, so I, I always like to ask, like, is there anything that you want to throw out into the world? Any things you want to share with people? Any, you know, things right off the top of your head that you would want somebody to hear or if they're new to the industry or they've been here for a while, like, what do you think you would want to share with them? Yeah. Um, so obviously we're, uh, you know, at E3, we're trying, you know, every day to continue to grow um, as far as everyone else is too. Um, and, 
you know, first and foremost, just want to say that if there's, if anyone that's listening is, is looking for a partner in, in the Georgia area or East coast of Georgia, you know, Southern part of South Carolina, then, you know, obviously feel free to reach out to us. Um, we'd love to see what we can do for you guys and, and vice versa. If we can help anyone along the way as well, you know, uh, please feel free to reach out. Um, you know, as far as that goes, but, um, want to thank you again, obviously for having us on and really appreciate what you're doing for the industry. Uh, I'm not sure if people really quite realize the impact that, that I think you can have um, on the industry um, and just seeing how, kind of how it's going to go. And I think, like I said earlier, in the very beginning, I think it's something that the industry didn't really realize we needed until, um, until now that we have it. So, you know, obviously again, congrats to you on, on what you're doing. Well, thank you. I, yeah, I always have issue taking compliments. So yeah, <laughs> I yeah, appreciate no, you saying that. Um, and it, it really does mean a lot. And yeah, for me, I think that, um, you know, like I, I, I just kind of see it. It's, I was talking to, like I said, the talking to the owner and I, I don't want to butcher his name. Charlie, Charlene, you know okay. what I'm talking about? Pallet Enterprise. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't, I don't want to butcher his name. It's like Sh- right. Charlie, I think. Um, but anyway, um, even though I'm butchering, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I was just talking to him and, and pretty much that it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not doing this for anything other than the fact that it's like, we don't have very like now life expectancy is longer than it used to be. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like life is, can be very short sometimes. And, um, you know, I just saw this as being in the industry and having sold pallets and having brokered for a bit. It's like, I kind of went through all of the different phases to be like, okay, I figured out that I like the industry, but there's something else that I feel I can contribute and do. And yeah, I think that like, I, I just love being able to talk to people and allow them to share their stories and insight. And, you know, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm just, I'm doing it because I I feel as though there's more to it than me. You know, it has nothing to do with me. It's nothing without you guys. It's nothing without the people within the industry. So I thank you for, wanting to come on and wanting to share and wanting to contribute and um everyone else who who has so thank you to everyone else who also yeah. has participated and listened and continues to contribute and yeah i just hope the that's this train continues to roll and that's right. i get to have more conversations with people and where it goes uh you know i have a plan in mind but at the same time it's i'm just kind of seeing the way that it goes and allowing it to flow in the direction that the universe and God chooses. So that's, that's, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so. awesome. I mean, you're giving uh, us a, a voice and, you know, a platform to, like you said, tell your story and, and get some insight, just like I was referring to earlier in the networking, you know, meetings or whatever you have in the WPCA. Like if you can take one thing away from, from a conversation or not even at one of those meetings, but, from a customer that you talk to or someone that you talk to on the street, if you can take one thing away from that conversation and then I view that as a success. So, um, you know, listening to your podcast, uh, over the past month or so, it, it's really been insightful and we've, we have taken a lot of stuff from it. So, you know, wow. just in the, I think seven, 18 episodes now, or this will be the 18th. Think or, this is that right? This, uh, yeah. The 17, 19th? 17. Yeah. 17. Okay. This, this yeah. will be the 19th. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So, yeah, so, I mean, just in, you know, 18, 17 previous episodes, whatever it is, they, yeah. you know, being able to 
take a lot of information from those podcasts is, you know, there's no telling where the sky's the limit, basically, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And, and, you know, the information that you gather from it is, is, is awesome. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, thank you for listening (laughs) and then also being a participant. Um, and yeah, I I just, I'm extremely grateful and appreciative. So again, thank you for coming on today. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for sharing. Um, I always literally wait till the end of the episode, but if you're listening and you're enjoying this, feel free to just uh, subscribe. It's always super helpful and it just continues to allow this thing to grow. So thank you for whoever is listening. Uh, thank you, Adam, for coming on and enjoy the rest of your day.